The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Green Scene on The Pat Kenny Show with AIB, working alongside Irish communities towards a low carbon future. We pledge to do more. In the green scene today, using animal bone paste as human food. But first, how some creatures cope with the cold weather by freezing solid and then reviving themselves when it's over. We're joined by Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Ruth, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Frozen creatures. I know, and we've all felt a bit like that uh, over the last week. It's been very cold and we've been trying to stay warm. But actually, some other creatures don't do that. They kind of embrace the cold and they go into a a state of, of freezing, really, to, to help them survive very cold temperatures. Um, and, and one of the examples of this is, is in Canada. It's a little frog called a wood frog. And as the temperature starts to drop in Canada, the, these little frogs will hide themselves under kind of leaf litter or bark and gradually the cold starts to seep in. So their eyes start to freeze, then it goes in through their veins and their arteries and eventually their heart even freezes solid. And this is incredible biochemistry has to go on here, as, as yeah. you can imagine, because water, when it freezes into ice, becomes a crystal and that can really damage tissue. So what the, the, the frogs do and inside the frog, they use something called their microRNAs. Now, we all heard about RNA with our vaccines. It's mm. one of the key messengers in our cells. But microRNAs are tiny bits of RNA that stick to the bigger bits of RNA and help to turn genes on and off and it helps yeah. it to, to change the amount of protein that we produce. So what the frog's liver does, it's producing a huge amount of syrupy glucose type substance. So this sugar seeps out into the frog's body and even gets into the cells. And that, of course, prevents these ice crystals. From so it's forming. antifreeze. It's like antifreeze. Exactly. It's natural antifreeze. So, so these frogs, as the re- researchers say, they go into a frogsicle state. And in this frogsicle state, 70% of their body is frozen, completely solid. And, and, and during the winter, as the winter kind of gets stays cold, if there's a slightly warm sl- snap, they might thaw out a little bit. But then they go back into this frogsicle state for the rest of the winter. And then when the sun comes out, the mud starts to warm up and they just hop back up again and go about their business about in the spring. Business. And they can do that again and again and again. They can do it again and again. And, and I mean, some of them will go down to like 20, minus 20 degrees Celsius. So they're really in the deep freeze for the winter. Mm. Now, um, Tardigrades. Tardigrades. So tardigrades, I mean, if anyone has any kids and they've watched the the cartoon Octonauts, they will know about tardigrades, but people call them water bears. They're a little invertebrate related to worms, nematodes, insects, that kind of thing. But they have eight legs and they they move along a bit like a bear, even though they're only a millimetre long. But they are the sort of captains of surviving in extreme temperatures, including cold. And they use a very similar process to the frog. It's called cryptobiosis, but the same thing. They manage to get water out of some parts of their body and then they also use a similar kind of antifreeze technique to protect other parts of their body. But what's amazing about these is that in 2016, scientists revived a tardigrade which had been frozen for 30 years. It's quite incredible. Mm-hmm. And, and what was even more amazing was this tardigrade went on to reproduce. Um, so it had its own little babies. Um, and when the scientists looked closer at what happened to tardigrades when they were sleeping, what they found was they didn't age at all. So if you had a group so of tardigrades... Do you remember that Mel Gibson movie where he, he was put into suspended animation... Yeah, well, there's not. Yeah, I was thinking more of Sleeping Beauty. It's like yeah. going to sleep, and you know, you you wake up and you're perfectly fine. So, so actually, this is really interesting to science because this might help us to understand the aging process even more. Because what are these creatures doing to to be frozen 
and not to be aging at the same mm-hmm. time. So really, really amazing. Are uh, there abilities. animals that uh, can do this? It happens. Well, insects, larvae, of course, can do this. I mean, people might not be surprised at that, but but some turtles can do it. And then there's a little ground squirrel called the Siksik. You find them in the Arctic. That They use another kind of technique called supercooling. And they can, again, get their body down very low. But the toughest creature of all when it comes to cold, Pat, is found, not surprisingly, in Alaska. He's called the red flat bark beetle. And he can get his body temperature down as low as 150 Below zero. zero. Quite incredible. Now, uh, another uh, topic, animal bones as edible human food. Yeah, so in in kind of many cultures, we we kind of tend to avoid bones in in meat. And and in fact, uh, some people say that we eat so much chicken kind of in Western cultures that when archaeologists come back and look at our time on this planet, actually they will find chicken bones more (laughs) than anything else. But, but And of course, so we do use big bones for things like gelatin and some bones go into fertiliser and, and, and animal feed as well. But generally, we don't eat them. But a Finnish company called Superground is going to try and change that. They say there's lots of good stuff in bones, nutrients, and it's a terrible waste to throw them away. So they've adapted meat processing techniques and, and they use high heat and pressure for a few moments and then a grinding technique. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of a proprietary technique, but they say it protects all of the nutrients. And obviously, you've got lots of calcium and things in bones, but but even things like heat-sensitive vitamins, they say, will be preserved. So they create this kind of bone mass paste, for want of a better word. And that can go into things like chicken nuggets or pâtés or soups. So, so they're currently offering so this So basically service. a more efficient use of the animals we kill. And it is much more efficient because you're making up to 40% more food with the same amount of animals. Uh, and of course, with this paste, they, they've also checked sort of, well, what does it taste like? Will people eat it? And what they found was you can replace up to kind of 30% of a chicken nugget. And we won't notice. And you don't even notice. And, and up to 50% of something like a fish pâté. And it sounds awful. It's like fish heads and skin mm. and scales and all of that, you know, up to 50% of your pate can be that and you don't really notice either. My goodness. I remember um, years ago when I was growing up there, there was a suspicion that some sausages had more bread in them than meat. Yeah, well, I mean, that's probably true too. There was <laughs> rusk and other fillers. But of course, one of the big things here is the environmental impact. And, and this is saying, you know, we could cut the carbon emissions of meat by up to 70% if we were much more efficient with how we used it. It's a bit like energy. It's best to start with efficiency before you go doing lots more complicated things. So if we did all this, we might uh, knock a second off the doomsday clock. Oh, well, you would hope, Pat, wouldn't you? And the, 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 new, the new results for the doomsday clock came out this week and it, I suppose the good news is it didn't get any worse. It stayed at 90 seconds to midnight. Yeah. Now, where is zero? I mean, zero is when the, we Armageddon. destroy our planet. But yeah. where did it start when you had the first second? Yeah. Of, so, is it humanity's beginning? Well, it's, or? Yeah, it, it, it's not really a time clock. It's more of a risk clock. I think that's the best way to think about it. And it came about in 1945, very topically founded by Robin Op- Robert Oppenheimer and some of the other scientists that works, worked on the atomic bomb. Um, and, and the reason was they were very concerned about the possible ability of humans to, to destroy our civilization, not, not the planet, just us. So they came up with this concept of the clock and it actually started at seven minutes to midnight. So it was never kind of back at zero. Okay. And that was kind of to represent the risk. And the furthest from midnight it's ever been was 17 minutes. And that, that was when the kind of Cold War was resolved and it was felt there was a sort of uniquely safe time for humanity. But of course, things like climate change were sort of put into the algorithm in 2006. So since then, we've been gradually creeping much, much closer to this sort of 
fictitious midnight when we yeah. get to Armageddon. But but I mean, a big focus of this is our nuclear arsenal. And, and we see now there's over 13,000 nuclear weapons in the world. Um, most countries are increasing their arsenal, not decreasing it. So that's one reason why it's mm. so close to midnight. But of course, the lack of action on climate change and I think fears that we haven't got our heads around things like new technologies like AI, the potential for biological warfare, all of those things are feeding yeah. into to the group of scientists saying, look. And of course, if you have more nuclear energy to combat uh, climate change, then there'll be more nuclear waste products knocking more around to make... material, yeah. yeah, potentially. But look, I mean, I think this this is about getting us to reflect on, on where we are as humanity. And I think we kind of all know we have to make <laughs> some changes, but it reminds us that things are close to midnight. Dr Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Thank you very much. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.